it's getting knocked off. Are we still on, Andre? Yes. Okay. So we'll open with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you once again for a beautiful Sabbath day. We thank you for everyone joining us, even people around the globe. We ask and pray that your Holy Spirit will guide and direct us into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, last, last week we talked about women as missionaries, and this week we're talking about the call to young people. What is the age limit for young people? Anybody have any idea? I think the young in heart. <laughs> uh, okay, young in heart. Young people, that could mean anything, couldn't it? You know, there's uh, we still have AY department in some churches, but some churches limit who can come to AY by age, you know? And I was kind of like, why are they limiting? We're all, like you said, Patsy, young at heart. And as long as we're willing to come and serve the Lord and praise his name, why should there be any limit? But uh, we're, this is a call to young people. That could include all of us, you know? The way I see it, as long as you still have breath and the Bible says everything that has breath, let them praise the Lord. So. I'm accepting that young people can uh, can mean any of us. So it says the Lord has appointed the youth to be his helping hand. Now, somebody tell me, why does God need a helping hand? I think God, he, what he does for us, God does it out of love. But I think God wants us to understand we have a part to play, too. That, you know, if we want to be called his children then children have a place in the family to do their part, too. Oh, okay. Good point. Anybody else? Why does God need a helping hand? He doesn't need a helping hand. Go ahead. He doesn't need a helping hand. God does not need a helping hand. You want to expound on that? <laughs> Um, God is giving us an opportunity to be in partnership with him in saving and um, in offering men salvation through Christ. This is uh, God is giving us an opportunity. He doesn't need us. Right, exactly. It's Amen. opportunity. Amen. Yeah, it's been said, God does not need, it didn't say the Lord needs a helping hand. It says, he has appointed us to be his helping hand, all of us. He's given us the opportunity, as Lakita said, and the privilege to assist him in spreading the gospel message. So again, it's not like he needs help. He's almighty God. There's nothing too hard for him. He's just given us the privilege to share what we know about his love with others who might not know about the Lord. And then it says, with an army of trained workers, or as with an army of workers as our youth, rightly trained, might furnish how soon the message of a crucified, risen, soon coming Savior might be carried to the whole world. When it says rightly trained, who is supposed to train them and what are they supposed to be trained to do? Who's supposed to do the training and what are they, the youth to be trained to do? 
Well, when I think of the word train, I think of the Bible verse where it says train a child in the way they should go. Training starts at home with the parents. Okay. Want to add anything else to that or anyone? Well, she's saying that the parents should train them. That's what should train them. Okay. Parents, anybody else want to add something? But, Lakita, I'm not saying that's where it stops at. You know, I, like I said, I think the training starts at home. And then when you, you know, when you lead them into the Word of God, when they go to church, they're led even further into the Word of God and what God, God has for them or what God expects of them. I agree with that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, parents are our first teachers, right? So, of course, training starts at home. And then we learn other uh, talents and other skills from other people. Now, if we're talking about training the youth to be uh, messengers for Christ, then the church will come into play, you know, rightly training in the word of God, rightly trained in outreach methods and, and techniques, rightly trained and encouraged to spread the gospel message. So, yeah, we have a duty to do that. And we want to train them properly. What would be the um, disadvantage of not training our youth to go out and then we take them out into some outreach situations? What would be the disadvantage of not being trained? Is there a disadvantage? Yeah. Yeah, they may offend people um, by the way they present Christ to them. Okay, and maybe they'll offend someone and anything else could happen if we don't um, properly train them? Yeah, I think also um, they may not know how to address <laughs> certain situations that may come up or certain questions that may come up. And yeah. so we don't want to leave them with the uh, uh, uh. Sometimes that happens, doesn't it? You get out there and you're like, uh, <laughs> now what? Okay, excellent. Yeah, we have a duty as, as you know, leaders in the church. If we want our young people to be engaged and on fire for Christ, their parents have to help, the church members have to help, and the young people have to help themselves by desiring a closer, closer walk with the Lord and desiring to share their message with others. Now, of course, um, nobody has a monopoly on how a person should do outreach work or how they should testify or witness to others, but there are some things that are very beneficial in learning how to reach people for the Lord. And one of them, as has been mentioned, is actually understanding the truth of God's word. You know, there are a lot of people out talking to people, witnessing to people, and sad to say they're not telling the truth of God's word. They're misinformed. They're out sharing falsehoods with other people. And that's why God is asking us to properly train the young people. And just think, if we have, for example, say you've got 20 adults in your church and you have 30 young people. So the 20 adults go out, but how much more could be done with those additional 30 young people helping? You know, many hands makes light work, right? We can reach more areas. We can uh, hit more people, knock on more people's doors. We can just do more with good help. Lakita? Also, um, young people can meet, can reach other young people too. I mean, we can reach young people too, but they have access to, you know, like when they're in school and, you know, at their little um, games or sports that they 
they participate in, they can reach people that we don't have access to, just like we can reach people that they don't have access to. Excellent points. More people to be reached. The young people have a message that can reach other young people. And, you know, the truth is, if we're trying to talk to a young person, sometimes the young people don't want to talk to an old person. You know, the old generation gap gets in the way or we're just not cool enough and they don't want their friends to see them talking to an old head, you know, or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, we need our young people to be on the battlefield with us for the Lord. And Elder Carroll, I think sometimes, too, the young people feel like our older generation, we're not listening to them. And I hear it so often when they, especially with my grandsons, they'll say, Grandma, are you listening to what I'm saying? And I'd be, and I'd be honest with them. I said, I'm trying to listen, but I don't understand where you got this from in the Bible or how you interpret that. So I have to listen to their interpretations in order to figure out this is what they read, but they didn't read all of it. You know what I'm saying? They may have read, you know, so so much of it. And I'm like, well, if you had kept reading, you would have got a better understanding. But you, like you said, they have a different dialogue and their mindset is in a different place. So when you listen to some, some of it, I just be thinking they're out in, or, or out in space. And I'm like, okay, they out there, but I got to listen to try to, you know, pull them back down to earth here and, you know, get them, you know, look, look at that scripture again. Mm-hmm. Think about when, when we were at, uh, teenagers, uh, if you were in church at that time or maybe not, but think about it at that time, what would you have liked for the more experienced church members to have taught you or trained you about outreach? Is there something you would have liked to have known sooner? Well, in my, in my case, I came from a small town. So when my sister, you know, said, everybody's getting a can, whether we was Adventists or not, and then my mother made us, she said, you're going to go to church on both days, Saturday and Sunday. You're going to go to your brother's church on Sunday. But my sister on Sabbath, you know, it got to be that, you know, all of us in the neighborhood, everybody sent their kid there. And when she gave us those cans, we, and, she, and I would like to have had her tell us, what do you say to people? So when we rang those doorbells, we would just say, we the Advent, we from Seventh-day Advent Church, and we uh, trying to, you know, uh, get some funds. But <laughs> there wasn't a set scripture, so we didn't know what to say. And then she would be like, y'all didn't listen. Say something about Jesus. You know, she had it in her mind what we were supposed to say. But when she, you know, sent us the different, you know, groups of us, six and seven of us going to one house, she couldn't be with everybody. So we, we just said anything. The Lord wants you to get mm-hmm. to us so, so our church can do this and that. But she, you know, she never was, I guess it was, she was enough of her to be with us, to hear what we were saying, because we just needed, all we knew was you got to get that money in this can. <laughs> <laughs> Bottom line. Get the money in the can, huh? Anybody else? What would you have liked someone to share with you about doing outreach and or witnessing? I wish somebody would have shared with me that witnessing is not just telling people what your beliefs are. It wasn't until later in the church when people started saying, you know, do it like Jesus do it. He mingled with the people, uh, um, empathize with, mm-hmm. with them, fulfill mm-hmm. their needs, and then said, follow me. 
you know, so we, um, or just basically to me, have a relationship with people, you mm-hmm. know, and, and um, be interested in the person, not in them joining the church. Yeah, amen. I, I think that we, I was trained that witnessing was to get people to join the church. Witnessing is to get people to learn about Christ and his love. And they can learn it through us and our behavior. Amen. One of the things I recall thinking when, when, when I first started doing outreach with the church, I just wish they would have told me we're not going to be out there too long. Because <laughs> my thing was, you know, I, didn't, I always felt like we're going to be out here for three hours out here walking around. But, you know, if they had just said, no, we're only going to have, we'd be out here for X number of minutes, and then we come back, and then we're going to have snacks and play games and all that, that would have made it a whole lot better. But, you know, I was had my own thoughts of what was going to happen, and I didn't like it. But once I got a little older, I started understanding, uh, like Lakita's saying, the purpose is to introduce somebody to Christ or just mention how good God is, to put their minds on Christ, not on trying to join a church necessarily. But then also that it's a lot of fun. You know, outreach can be a lot of fun. You out with your church family, with your friends. You got you out there for a purpose, a worthy cause. And then you go back and you have a good time, you know, talking about the people that you talk to and how things went for you and kind of share what went on and just make it fun. That's what I would have liked for somebody to have told me. I would have enjoyed it much more. I think, too, if, um, and I don't see that the church necessarily do this, but everything you do is evangelistic. Anytime you interface with someone, whether they're in the church or not in the church, it's a, you know, it's a wooing and pulling them to Christ because Christ is in us. And well, the Holy Spirit is in us. And so our whole lives belong to, to God. There's nothing separate from evangelism. Everything we do is about, you know, evangelism, the way I look at it anyway. So I agree with that, Akita, I agree with that. But I have to also add everything that we do, good, bad, or indifferent, is about evangelism. Right. Yeah. And especially, you know, I'm going to say this, especially in our homes. You know, we, we lose our family members. You know, like I said, when I first started, you know, I'm hammering, trying to hammer beliefs and help people see that we right, you know, they wrong and everything. And, um, you know, I just didn't care about the person, right? As a result of it, nobody wants to be around you. They, you know, it's always an argument and stuff, you know, and you're developing, a, I was developing a really poor way of communicating about God. Hmm. I and I think too, when I grew up, the it seemed like the older people in the church was like, and I don't want to say they was in a clique, but, you know, they kind of clicked together that what all they thought the teenagers and us young ones was to do, you just hand them the can and you, you know, tell, and tell them, this is what we're doing in this neighborhood now. But it seemed like to me they had a better understanding, but they didn't relate it to us. It was like, well, you know, these youth won't understand it, but they didn't try to make us understand it. You understand what I'm saying? Because they had that foundation. We didn't. And all we knew was whatever they told us to do, you just said, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, and you just did it. You know, another thing, too, with that, Patsy, we hear it all the time that the youth don't want to be, you know, around the adults. But I'm with you. I do think that there is a place and a type of ministry 
in um, teaching our young people. Now, we just probably have to figure out a way to do it in a way that is acceptable to them and stuff. Um, but I think that it's just like people say, young people don't you know, want to be around old people, but I think they do. They, they want help. But um, it's how we give it to them is, is what's the problem. I wanted to piggyback on something Lakita said earlier about evangelism in our lifestyle. I truly believe that when God blesses you with a job, we, we as humans look at that as, oh, good, I can further my career. I can make more money. I can pay my bills. I believe that's secondary to the purpose that God has given us in a certain place. He blesses you to work at this this building or this business or whatever. I believe the primary reason is to be a witness for him. That's mm -hmm. the number one reason. Now, number two, yes, you can make money, you can further your career, you feed your family, all of that. that that's great. But that's not why he placed you there to feed your family primarily. It's really to be a witness. So are you on time for work? When you go to lunch, are you on time back and forth? People watching, people hear you talking. There are conversations that have been had in offices. I've been a part of a lot of different conversations. Before I know it, I'm talking about why I don't eat pork or why I don't go to certain places or what I do on Friday nights versus what they do. And I didn't know it was going to lead to that, but that's why I'm here and to be a witness. Not so much to make the money and feed my family, that's great, but primarily, I think we're there to be a witness. Good. And that's something we can teach our young people, too. The very thing, you know, yes. about being a witness wherever you are. And God puts you in situations just for a reason that you can tell somebody about his love for them as well as what he's done for you in your life. So I think all of us want our children to believe the truth. All of us want our children to love the Lord. All of us want our children to be blessed and we all want them to act a part in helping, you know, lead others to, to uh, Christ. But that's where that training comes in. Our parents, uh, parents, as parents, we need to train our young people in those ways. As Whoops, my mute button got on. Okay, so yeah, we want all of our young people to play a part in the outreach of the church as well as in their own personal lives. So that's and, on us to make sure that we do what we can to help train them in that manner. And that's a there's a benefit to that. There's a benefit to me, you know, um, interfacing with other people, children, Karen's grandchildren, you know, uh, Paula's nieces and nephew, when they come to church, interfacing and talking to them in a positive way, including them in the plans of the church. And the benefit is that these kids feel like they are a part of something and that they will accept the values of this place that accepts them and loves them. You know, the benefit to them is they develop leadership skills. You know, they develop um, a comfortableness with adults because they don't expect negativity from adults. You know, um, they learn that they can step up and be accounted for. And the, the most important thing is that connection, they, um, the attachment, because you know, suicidal people are detaching from other people. And so we don't want them to detach. We want them to be attached to somebody else in the church, not just one person. So, you know, it's, it's not about like the person coming to church every week, you know, but 
that when they come and, and are around us, that we attach, we, we touch their lives in such a positive way that they desire to, you know, get to know Christ for themselves. There's mm-hmm. a lot of benefits I to know. how people work, work yeah. in our church. Mm-hmm. I know when I got baptized in 91, Pastor BT, he gave us, well, he had a, he gave us a mentor. And what it was that they they drew our names, and I ended up uh, um, Gene uh, Bullock, uh, 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 Elder Jared. Uh, it wasn't Jean; it was her sister. And so I had, she ended up what you call it being my mentor, and she she was the one who turned you know uh, let me borrow books about Ellen White, and we lived out here in North County, close by each other, and she brought me to her house and stuff. But it was kind of nice because I knew that if, because it was a hundred of us that got baptized in 91. And I knew that if, you know, if I'm reading something I didn't understand, she was like, you can call me 24-7. But mm. it was nice to know that, she, and, I, and I think he called it adopt a, adopt a new believer or something like that. But we got adopted and I was just happy. I said, you know, and it made you know that that person, even in church, that person, if if you had a question that you didn't understand something, because I was always note-taking, if I didn't understand something, I knew I feel comfortable as a new believer saying, I I don't understand this. Can you help me, sister? So it it makes a difference. Amen. amen. That is a beautiful thing. We We should really bring that back into the church. We just went through an evangelistic meeting, and I'm not sure how these people are going to be ushered into the fold, because being Adventist is not like being anything else. It is a lifestyle, and there are people that have been baptized and and come to church every Sabbath that don't know how to keep, a lot of don't know how to keep the Sabbath. And, um, also, going back to your question, uh, what I wish somebody would have told me when I was younger, show me when I was younger, is to be addressed as an individual or human being, not just that's one of the 18's kids or something like that. <laughs> the only time we heard from adults in church, not to be addressed as a person, an individual, the only time we heard from an, an adult was to stop running or y'all too loud, quit talking, you know what I'm saying? And... Um, every once in a while, there were one, one or two people that actually, the Fords, if anybody remembers Dr. and, and Brother Fords, yep. they called me by my first name, made sure I was hugged every Sabbath. You know, they they knew who I was. And, and when I see young people today in church, anytime one of them gets up and does anything in church, even if the, the whole choir sings, I made sure that I let each child know you did a tremendous job. Oh, that was a wonderful story you gave. Your solo was beautiful. Or if I see one walking in the aisle, I mean, in the hallway, I make sure I address them. Happy Sabbath. And if you know their name, call them little brother and sister so-and-so. You know what I'm saying? It makes them feel like a part of. If you see a young lady in in the ladies' room, always make sure I compliment her on something. Wish her a happy Sabbath. Ask her how she's doing and introduce myself. Make them feel like they're a part of something and that they're seen. You know what, Paula? Even when they're running, there is a way to correct that. You don't holler at them. I'm always blown away by um, Robert Pruitt, <clears throat> the at Berean, and how he engages the kids.
kids, if they are running or doing something wrong, he's hey, 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 come here, come here, come here for a minute. And he just sits them down and he talks he to them with respect. He said, yeah, let me holler at you for a minute. And, 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 but he'll talk to them. And when they finish, when he finishes with them, they're not upset and mad. He keeps telling me stuff. No, it's how you talk to them. Make them feel important. Make them understand why they shouldn't be running. But I, I do understand because we, the way we were growing up, that's all we used to hear from some of the people too. Stop all that running. And I'm like, that's, that's not the way to address young people. And then you wonder why they try to separate themselves or get in a clique or not want to be a part because they don't feel like they're being respected. So there's a way to even do that. As soon as we get 18, we leave. Say it again. As soon as we get 18, go away to college or whatever, we leave. Yeah, that's true. They're very true. Very true. Well, let's remember um, all that when we are when we're involved with young people or we're talking to young people, let's remember how we would want to be treated and yep. how we would have want to been instructed and taught also. Uh, everybody deserves respect. And let's show our young people respect. Now think about if throughout all the time period, if all the young people had been properly trained along with the adults and were spreading the gospel message, uh, Sister White says if, if, the people of God had done the work, the Lord would have returned already. So let's remember that as we're trying to get more of our youth involved, help us to be kind and loving to them, help us to involve them, treat them as individuals, call them by their names and let them know that we love them, we want them to be involved and we want them to succeed as Christ's ambassadors also. Uh, let's go to the next next. Uh, paragraph is youth in church work. Continuing with the youth talent, it's the uh, next sub paragraph is youth in church work, youthful talent. And then it says, well organized and well trained is needed in our churches because the Lord calls young people because they have what energy, they have a lot of energy. But if that energy is not well organized and not well trained, then it can cause problems. And you know that as a young person, you are going to do something with that energy, right? So good or bad, that energy is going to be used. And unless we help in directing their energy into a right channel, then the youth might end up hurting themselves and those whom they associate with. So that's another reason why uh, we need to make sure that we do what we can to influence our young people to be on the right side of, of serving the Lord. Now. Um, Patsy mentioned back when she was baptized, there was 100 people baptized. And Paula said they recently had a, a revival. I guess some people gave their lives to Christ. So does our responsibility for the youth as well as adults stop once they accept Christ? Does our No, no, stop? wait. Aren't we done with it then? No. And you know, even, even when we've been in church for a long time, we still are responsible for each other. You know, um, there's never a time that we just not, we're supposed to just not care about other people or feel like, you know, they got their stuff, I got my stuff. I'm gonna go out and save. The only thing I'm gonna do is go out and look for new people and the people in the church, they better get it for themselves. Hmm? <laughs> I mean, that's really kind of a lot of times what I hear really, 
you know, since, hmm. you know, y'all in the church and stuff, <coughs> really. only want to talk about it. Okay. Patsy, what were you, your comments about that? Does our responsibility stop once a person's baptized? I said no, because you know what? Our fellowship and our love for them should continue like the young lady that I have. Even though we're not quite finished with our study, she's been baptized. But I planned on doing some things with her. I planned on coming to church with her, sitting with her. I planned on, and I know, you know, some things that she's involved in at her school. I planned on coming when they have a little, you know, concert or something where she knows she likes to play guitar. Whatever she's involved in, I planned on participating and uplifting her. And it makes me think back when JT was over the choir. And I kind of laughed because Daryl, I remember Daryl being in, in, in eighth grade, well, seventh or eighth grade, and they had these little uh, invitations they had to give to ask people to come to the school to see, see them in this play. And he, it was the Lion King, and he was the lion. And it was so funny because he got ready to hand JT one, and I said, don't give her that. I said, now you know, she, I said, you know JT cannot come to a secular stuff. JT looked at me and said, Sister Patsy, she said, you stay in your place. She said, now, little Daryl, give me my invitation. And I just rolled because I was like, what? And she actually came. Uh-huh. And she and she told him, she said, you the best little fat lion they ever had. And he just grinned. I mean, he was like, JT came. I mean, <laughs> and he went to, and, the, and some of the other kids that went to the same uh, elementary school with him, they said, like, man, how you get JT to come? He said, I just gave her an invitation and she came. But I didn't see it either. You know, in my my mind, I'm like, she can't come to anything like this. It's not part of the church. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Okay, anyone else? Uh, Talking about youth directing their energy. And uh, does our responsibility end? Uh, Paula, you said you guys just finished a revival. Uh, did you have baptisms yet or still ongoing? I'm okay. sorry, Brother Carol. I was in the other room. What was your question? Okay. Yeah, I was saying uh, you guys, you said you guys just finished a revival. Did you have baptisms or is it still ongoing? No, I, yeah, we baptized, and um, it, it ended last night. Okay, so does the church's responsibility end last night also? To oh, definitely, new- definitely not. Like uh, Patsy was saying, um, I have a young lady, and actually, our students are sisters. Hers is Patsy's is the teenager, and mine is the young adult. And it was a it, huh. it was a perfect pairing for each of us. That was guided by the Holy Spirit because our relationship is so tight. Um, this young lady can call me anytime about anything, and now um, it's just a matter of, like I said, introducing her to this lifestyle and I need prayer for that as well because I've never had I've never had anybody that had no spiritual background before mm-hmm. and 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 but it's to me it's tremendous because when I was at her age the last thing I was thinking about was getting baptized you know what I'm saying so um 
we need a mentoring program. And I'm, I've just made myself, because we've built a relationship over these months going through the lessons and learning, that I'm going to be her mentor. Like Patsy says, she's going to be her little sister's mentor, who was her student. But uh, the rest of the people that were baptized, you know, I don't know their relationship with their Bible worker, or they were just bought in with the crowd, you know, just answered the mm -hmm. call how that's going to be handled, but we should have, I like that idea of uh, adopting a new believer. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot that still needs to be done in terms of new members. And, you know, we used to have the new, new believers classes. They used to have a pastor's class for newly baptized, you know, because our responsibility doesn't just stop once they get baptized. You know, that's kind of when the work starts where you start helping them to see that uh, God expects them to do something to advance his cause. You know, once you get baptized, you don't just sit on the pew and just come and sit. No, we, each of us, God expects us to do something to use our time, talent, temple, and treasure to advance the cause of Christ and to spread this gospel message to the whole world. Uh, and it's not just enough to say, oh, somebody needs to do this and Oh, y'all young people, y'all need to do something, you know, to help out. But again, we go back to being properly taught how to labor, train, discipline, and the best methods of winning souls to Christ. You know, and there's plenty of good books out there on winning souls for Christ. Uh, a lot of good teaching um, resources on how to give Bible studies, how to do missionary work. So there are ways that we can learn. You know, and as Lakita had mentioned earlier, the best way is Jesus' way, you know, and that's what we all need to be taught. It's not even fair to other people. Like Paula mentioned, Seventh-day Adventism is a lifestyle. There's more than just coming to church on Sabbath. You know, it's a whole part of your life now. And, and people who haven't been uh, in the church or been in Adventist, they don't know what's expected. How are they going to know unless somebody teaches them? Any thoughts on that? New members need to be taught, right? Uh, if you don't, if we don't teach new members uh, the word of God, what's going to happen? They're going to go back out the door. Yeah. Well, I wasn't That's taught. One thing. I wasn't taught anything when I came to church. <clears throat> I know I've never had a Bible study from anybody. So well. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't know you weren't done. So I just, you know, like I heard people talk about these books. You know, I just really wanted them when they said something like, you know, conflict of the ages, you know, series or, you know, um, what is one they used to always talk about? I forgot the name of this thing. And Steps to Christ. I just wanted it because I heard people talking about it, which, of course, we don't hear that anymore, but still. Go ahead. Karen, what were you going to say? So I was thinking about the fact that, you know, people come into the church and yes, we're supposed to teach them. That's our commission to teach, baptize and teach. So once they're baptized and they're in, we're supposed to continue to teach them. But what I think about is that people don't leave because of the doctrine. They leave because of the people and how they're treated once they come in. And so I think that equally important with the teaching is the loving on them, you know, and showing Christ lives in us. 
Okay. Now, as we're um, we're talking about teaching our young people, but are young people the only person who people who need to be taught? No, no, they're not the only one. Right. All of no. us need to be taught. So when we're teaching someone about a Bible study or whatever, we have to keep our minds open to learning how to love a person, learning how to give better Bible studies. So all of us are constantly learning and growing in the school of, of Christ. But, you know, I really, I hate to say it, but I kind of don't take on any responsibility for all that. I do think we should love people, you know, just because Christ is in us, but that's not my responsibility. A person has to fall in love with Jesus. They have to have that connection with God. They have to do that, you know. They have to get curious about what people are talking about. Somebody talking about he, he was resurrected. You know, there's stuff people would say at church. I would just wouldn't rest until I figured it out. What are they talking about? So, you know, um, so I feel like everybody has to become really independent too and fast so that they can, you know, love the Lord. It took me years to realize, you know, I'm not going to church for church. I'm going to church to, you know, to hear about God, just, you know, to meet with the Lord. That's what, you know, that's why I'm there and stuff. So I do, I've heard people so many years, people say, you know, they weren't nice to me or blah, blah, blah. You know, I was feeling like that at some point in church and I was complaining and telling the Lord how people weren't nice and everything. And the Holy Spirit was to ask me, are you nice? He asked me, are you, what was the, are you speaking to people? Are you, it's not, you, it's everybody's responsibility. <laughs> and when and people get baptized, not because of what we taught them, but because the Holy Spirit have convicted them. And I trust God will continue to convict them till they decide that they're not going to be convicted by God anymore. Or they're not. And you know, Elder Carol, one other person, <clears throat> when, I, when before the pandemic hit, when uh, Brother Hitchison at your church had us from 2.30, I think it was like right after church, he would know, meet us in the sanctuary, and he talked to us about, you know, being witnesses. He said, first you got to get to know that person. He said, you know, don't go into the point where the first thing you say is, uh, do you believe in the Sabbath? You know, and you hit him with doctrine. He <laughs> said, get to know. And, and, you know, and it was a big help for me because, you know, when, when, when I first started my Bible studies with, and I had two teenagers, you know, I kind of asked them, I said, well, what school do you go to? And where, you know, what subject do you like best? So, you know, I kind of didn't just rush into it. And I said, but it took, you know, when I first came into church, I wouldn't have known that. I said, when I went up to people, I was like, you know what? You know what the Sabbath is, what it means, you know? And I said, and as, you know, the Holy Spirit worked with me, when I got to, you know, find out what the teenagers like, what were they doing at their school, you know, what school they go to, I said, you get an idea of that. Then they, they begin to spark up like, okay, she don't just care about my spiritual. She also care about me physically and, and, and five days a week, not just on Sabbath. She's not going to care for me. She cares for me all the time. And I always remind her, I said, well, you know, I'm praying for you, not just one day. I'm praying for you throughout the week, you and your family and your friends. So, Yeah, that was me, too, uh, when I came. And because I had not been taught by, by any different, it seemed to me like, it seemed to me I was taught that way by example. That's what I saw people doing, you know, talking about the Sabbath or whatever. So if I had a conversation with somebody, it was clear, it was 
purely so I can get to the point that you, you're not worshiping on the Sabbath or, you know, whatever the truth was I was trying <laughs> to say to people and stuff. And it, of course, it just really, that doesn't work for sure, you know, and stuff. But that was what I thought I was supposed to be doing. And not yeah. Once again, we're all learning. That's some some ways of doing things are better than others. Mm-hmm. And uh, talking about example, learn from example is excellent way. Uh, on the next sub sub chapter, it says in earliest years, and it says, let the kindness and courtesy of the minister be seen in his treatment of children, and not just the minister, but all of us. Let the kindness and courtesy of the members be seen in our treatment of all the young people or the children. And remember that they're looking at our example. And if we're poor examples of Christ, then that's what they're going to see. And if we're good examples of Christ, then that's what they'll see. So again, if our young people are properly instructed and disciplined, uh, they are willing to do service for the Lord, even as young people. There's plenty of young people who are just anxious to get out and evangelize and talk to their friends about Christ. But again, maybe they just don't feel comfortable or competent and they're looking for someone to give them some advice or tips on how to do uh, how to do it better because uh, everybody wants their friends to be happy. If you're happy, you want your friends to be happy. And we all want our family and friends to love the Lord as well. It says, uh, let the youth feel that they have a part to act in helping and blessing others. Again, sometimes we think, Oh, he's too young to learn, or she's too little to do something. But even young kids can have a part in helping, blessing others. How many times have we seen, uh, for example, on TV, especially around Christmas, uh, donate to this group, you know, and, or donate clothes to these children, donate toys to these children? Well, it would be nice for our church children to take some toys to some underprivileged children, children who might have less than them, or help them to take some food to some, feed the homeless on Thanksgiving, or go to the nursing home like we used to do and sing songs and play games with the senior citizens. So even young kids can be good examples of Christ. So we shouldn't think, oh, this one's too little. You know, if you take a little infant to an elderly center, all those uh, seniors are gonna be so happy playing with the little baby and happy to see the little baby. So even a little baby can help bring love and kindness to someone. So let's remember that too. Don't wait, don't wait until your child or or your nephews or your uh, young people at church are 17 and 18 to try and get them interested in helping others. Let's start while they're young kids and let them know that they can be a witness for Christ in just how they treat others. And at the bottom of it, that paragraph it says. Teach the youth that they teach teach the youth to do something which will honor God and bless humanity. And even in their early years, they can still be missionaries for God. So we want to remember our young people. There is no limit on young on youth. Remember, we tried to define youth, but it's very relative. You know, a 90-year-old person can still be young at heart, and a little infant can be considered a youth who can stand for Christ. Uh, the last chapter we'll hit is says future before youth. It says future before youth. It says many a lad of today growing up as Daniel did in his Judean home, studying God's word and his works, learning the lessons of faithful service 
will yet stand in legislative assemblies, in halls of justice, or in royal courts as a witness for the King of Kings. So let's remember our young people have a future too, and their future can be bright and beautiful in God's eyes as we teach them and train them and encourage them and support them in being a faithful witness for Christ. Amen. All right. Amen. Any final thoughts on uh, our youth being ambassadors for Christ? Okay, if not, um, Karen, what's our next chapter for next week? She is not here. She's tending to mom, but I believe it'll be chapter okay. um, 100. She, I think she was on chapter Yeah. Oh. Cha she says chapter 99. Yeah. Paragraph 557.2. Right. So it's volume one, testimonies, chapter 99. Uh, beginning at paragraph 557.2. And I think it says the Health Institute. Okay, the Health Institute. That'll be very interesting. Mm -hmm. So I invite your uh, fellow church members, family and friends. Anyone can join our discipleship class. You know, just tune in, learn something that's going to be a blessing about our relationship with God. Uh, we'll go ahead and close out with uh, prayer. Andre, would you offer a closing prayer for us? Sure. Dear most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for another Sabbath day. We thank you, Lord, for these wonderful books, Lord, that we can read through and learn a lot more, Lord Jesus, about your love and your grace and your plan for us, Lord. We thank you for the discussion today. We ask you, Lord, to keep these things in our hearts and our minds as the Holy Spirit has led us today. Uh, take us through another week, Lord, and bring us back here uh, through another safe week, Lord, for another great discussion. Uh, give us uh, peace throughout the rest of the Sabbath. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning Amen. in, everyone.